coming back for another round. This is the Whole Home Podcast. I'm Laura, and I'm here with Megan Pyle. Now, before I force Megan to answer 50 questions, <laughs> I want to let you know that this is officially the halfway point of the first season. Pretty exciting. What that also means is that I'm going to give your ears a rest from hearing me each week, or if you don't join me every week, you will have a chance to catch up or even give a listen to some episodes for a second time. October will be a quiet month on Apple, Spotify, and the website, but I will be back again with a wonderful lady whose name also starts with M on November 7th. I will leave her a mystery, but do be praying for her. Okay, Megan, you are very patient. It's time to play Never Have I Ever. Oh, fun. Yes. Okay, you know what to do. Just say Never Have I Ever or <laughs> bet you have. All right, Megan, have you ever been out of the country? I have. Megan, have you ever eaten dirt? I have. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever fallen down in public? Oh, I definitely have. Have you ever broken a bone? Oh, never have I ever. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have you ever built a fire? For sure, many times. Have you ever licked a plate? <laughs> Did it yesterday. <laughs> no lie. Oh, what were you man. eating? A steak. Okay. It had a bone that was glorious. Have you ever had a pet fish? Yes. Have you ever written a letter? Yes. Have you ever lost your child in public? Yes. <laughs> have you ever stayed up an entire night? Never have I ever. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, maybe. Never. I feel like I might have, but I don't think I made it. It doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't count. Have you ever, I know this is true, rolled down a hill? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've been there. Have you ever played Scrabble? Yes. Have you ever toilet papered someone's house? <gasps> yes. Have you ever laughed so hard you cried? Yes. Burn yourself with a curling iron? Oh, yes, many times. <laughs> have you ever been ice skating? Yes. Have you ever snuck out of your house? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as a child and as an adult, yeah. well, as a teenager and as an adult. Yeah. Kids were sleeping and I was like, let me leave before they wake up from my nap. Have you ever had a manicure? Yes. Have you ever locked your keys in your car? Oh, yes. Baked a cake from scratch? Yes. Danced on a stage? Yes. Danced on a stage solo? Uh, I feel <laughs> like, like I maybe. did it in a talent show like way back in the day in elementary school. But I'll say never have I ever. Okay, that's it. Well done. <laughs> Those games never go well for me because I usually don't have many never have <laughs> All right, this one's a little easier. You'll probably be able to answer them all. All right, this is the speed round. Just try to get through it in five minutes before I ding you. Do you have a hero? Yes. Who is Christ. it? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, say two words that describe you. Fun and laughter. Um, what was a recent problem you solved? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> if you had 10 times your budget, what would you spend it on? Oh, a boat. <laughs> me so too. selfish. No, me too. <laughs> oh, man. If you were going to write a book, what would it be about? Oh, my goodness. Mm, I actually have several. But my first one that I wrote down a long time ago was mm. it's a children's book called Mom's Not a Trash Can. Oh, <laughs> And it would rhyme, and it would be a funny way to tell kids to put their trash in the trash can yep. and not give it to mom or shove it in her purse or put it on their bed. <laughs> See, I already have it all, like, worked out in my head. What was your AOL screen name, if you had one? Oh, I did. Because I played basketball, it was X Lovin' to Ball. Oh, nice. L-U-V-N-2, the number two, ball, X, at AOL.com. <laughs> Don't email that. <laughs> it still works, so you can if you want. <laughs> Is there something people typically don't know about you? Hmm. I feel like because we've lived in the city for so long, I feel like most of the time people don't know how country 
I really am. Mm-hmm. Like I will go barefoot <laughs> in the middle of a pasture with like horse poop in it. <laughs> yeah. You've seen yeah, it. You've seen yeah, it at yeah. the Easter egg hunt. You've seen it. <laughs> All right. Who's on your playlist? I would say I was just listening to Lauren Daigle on the way over. But when I'm not in full on Christ mode, it's for sure some ratchet music. Oh. That, also the Dixie Chicks, I know. Or the Chicks. Goodness, the chicks. can't call them the Dixie no. Chicks yep. anymore. The Chicks. All right. Is there a lie of the enemy you tend to believe? Hmm. Yes, that others' opinions matter. Go to breakfast. Oh, scrambled eggs and sourdough toast. Eat it every morning. Last thing you watched on TV. Oh, I don't watch much TV at all these days, but when I do, it is Garden Answer on YouTube. Oh, nice. Okay. Do you find the match for socks when you do laundry? Oh, yes. And if they don't have a match, they get thrown away. (laughs) What is something in your life more challenging than you expected? Hmm. Homeschooling. If I ran into you at a restaurant, where would you be? Oh, either a Waffle House or Juleps. Yum. Um, I want some dinner. Bottom or top. <laughs> that's I, that's the only way I roll. <laughs> a tradition you observe in your household. Friendsgiving, like we talked about last yeah. episode. Um, what is a place in scripture encouraging to you? Hmm. I would say I've been meditating a lot on Titus 2 and what it looks like for women to teach other women. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a useless talent? Oh, I don't. I mean, I can ride a horse. <laughs> I mean, I don't, it's kind of useless in today's world, yeah. but if we could go back to I think not I'm cars. tracking with you. Okay. Yeah. What book do you want more people to read? Oh, man. There's so many. Live Like a Narnian by Joe Rigney. Um, that was something I read recently. Um, the Bible, I would say. Um, any bi- any um, missionary biographies, yeah. uh, memoirs, anything in that realm. There's so many good ones. Corey Ten Boone. Um, yeah. Just anything that points you to Christ and is encouraging. Oh, a fun one is James Harriet. Uh, he's a vet from oh, Britain. Yes. And his All Things Good and Beautiful. Oh, I'm going to jack the title I always want to say Bright and Beautiful. Bright and Beautiful. Anyways, there's right, like yeah. there's tons of them, though. There's It's like a whole series of eight books, and then he has children's books. I'm just reading his uh, Treasury for Children. Mm. And they're just so beautifully written and just encouraging of living a life that's glorifying christ yeah i like delightful yes what's your middle name marie what is a book or well this kind of goes to oh, that's okay. that re- influenced you a book that influenced you um i would say early on in the church it was well this wasn't recent but abigail dobbs a typical woman was great um i would say you who by rachel jankovic and um, oh, what's her sister's one? Um, Rebecca Merkel's. Uh, oh, man. We gave it out at the women's conference that I spoke at. <laughs> I'm blanking. I don't remember what it is. Anyways, you can Google her. Uh, but all of those have been hugely impactful for seeing the even importance. Exile. Even exile. Yes. The importance of womanhood and what Christ has called you to. Do you collect anything? Yes, I collect Christmas ornaments from any time we go on a family vacation. So anywhere we go, I will find a store that sells Christmas ornaments, and I buy one for our tree. What is the last skill you learned? Oh, sourdough from the ladies' skills classes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Is there anything people sometimes misunderstand about you? Oh, that I'm uncaring. I think sometimes I can say things harshly, but people uh, don't see the underside of like actually caring for them and like like you said in the last podcast um 
that I can be generous. Like it's not just like harsh words and then we're done. Um, so, but also that's a reflection on me. I need to not be so harsh. <laughs> well, share what you're reading. Okay, so right, what I'm reading right now, I am reading Where the she Light Fell. She brought a list. I did. Because look, I always, I love to read. And I'm yeah. usually always reading like two to three books at a time. Yeah. Sometimes more than that. Um, but I always butcher titles and authors. And so I wanted to get that right. Um, I'm reading a wonderful memoir by a Christian man named Philip Yancey. It's Where the Light Fell. So incredibly good. Um, mm-hmm. He grew up in a fundamentalist upbringing and um just beautifully written um and he's still joyful through some really hard things and then um how to read the bible for all it's worth by gordon fear fee and douglas stewart and so that's a book that i'm reading through grimke college so yeah oh and i'm going to reinforce live like a narnian by joe rigney okay i am telling you i have not read a better uh, if you've read the Chronicles of an also, oh my goodness, is it a new book? Uh, I think it's fairly recent. Okay. I don't know. I read it recently, so I'm assuming it's probably it. fairly recent. But the Chronicles of Narnia has been by C.S. Lewis has been probably one of the most influential books besides the Bible for me. Just mm-hmm. the characters and the connection between like daily living your faith out and how sin and repentance and forgiveness and all of that works out you see that all through the characters yeah. um they enter narnia and there and they have a bunch of sin and then they come out just a wholly different person um so that relates to live like a narnian so he teases all of those character traits out in this book um that is just so good. Sounds good. I wish I had a birthday coming up. <laughs> oh, well, I can. I know somebody that might be able to help you out. <laughs> All right. Do you journal? Oh, not at this life stage. I wish. I wish. I don't. I don't have the time for it. And mm. um, my time, I think, is better reading God's word. But mm. on my Christmas wish list is a journaling Bible. And oh, so nice. I feel like that could be something that starts in the new year. Yeah. All right. Last question. Exact favorite spot in your home? Oh, in the garden, 100% hands down. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Done. Ew. Yeah. Very well done. Okay. Oh. No more games. All seriousness now. <laughs> oh, the games are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where am I? We are in your garden, actually. Yes. Let's go there. The garden of your life. Um, Megan. What neighborhood do you live in and how long have you been there? So we have lived in Churchill for almost 14 years now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Crazy. Did you have to think about that? No. I actually knew that off the top of my head. So I might not know the date that we moved into Churchill, but I do usually know around how many years we've lived somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) So it's easy to remember because we spent the first year of marriage in an apartment in the fan and then last 14 years have been in Churchill. So had one house on 30th and now we're on a house in uh on 23rd that i think we'll probably be in for forever okay who is in your home so i have my husband sean and then we have three really sweet joyful kids uh ali she's 12 about to turn 13 Mm -hmm. oh teenager in the house uh and then and it's funny i have no dread towards that i'm fully excited about it i think it's going to be one of my favorite seasons i I, our culture lies to us in thinking and making you think that it's going to be hard which i i know it's going to be hard all of parenting is hard having babies was hard Mm -hmm. no sleep was hard yeah um 
So, so we have Allie. She's about to be 13. She has her first uh, evening in 1318 this coming month. And she's so pumped. Um, and then we have Graham, who's nine and is just a ball of energy and is so fun to be around. Mm-hmm. That kid does so many things where I, that crack me up. But I'm like, hey, you're the adult. Don't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all parents have those moments. And then we have sweet little sassy Eden, who um, she's just Man, she wants the curls, the fanciest dress, and <laughs> wants to do cartwheels for you all day long. Yeah. Yeah. And how long have you been coming to Remnant? <laughs> okay, so uh, it's entire life. So we actually were a part of the plant team. So Sean uh, wasn't a pastor for the first several years of the church. He um, worked for the government and then came on full time as a pastor. So we were one of the first community groups that uh, one of the first community group leaders. I think it was us and like two other couples. And we hosted a community group in our home for the first year when we were in that teeny tiny apartment yeah. all the way up until we still host now 15 years later. Whose community group are you in? So we don't lead a community group anymore. So that decade has passed. <laughs> Literally, we so we led for a decade and now we um Gosh, they've been such a blessing to us, Uh, Ronnie and Daniel Strait, and their two sweet kids. uh, They lead our community group, and we host it in our home. Wonderful. Okay. So we'll just start with your planning. Is there any desires or dreams that you have? Yeah. So I think um, the next season of life, uh, it's so funny. Uh, I saw something where somebody was making fun of women saying seasons, and I was like, you know what? Oh, really? Buddy, (laughs) get a life. We, yeah. we all go through seasons, and I'm going to keep saying seasons as much as I want. Anyways, yeah. so um, just the next season of ministry and life, which includes teenagers, kids, kids that drive, yeah. uh, sports, serving in many ways through Grimkey and Remnant, um, starting a new business. And through all of that is just like actually planning to be efficient with my time. I think that has been the biggest thing in this season and looking forward uh, it's funny when, when your hands are full, when kids are young, you think you're busy, which you are physically busy, uh, mm. for sure. But I think this season of life for me that I'm entering is just packed full, like from sun, sun up to sun down. Yeah. I mean, like every hour of the day is, is planned out, uh, <laughs> which, yeah. which I, I think I was built for, but also I've been thankful to have a husband who leads in resting well and mm-hmm. helping us as a family rest well. So, yeah. Share more about how the season is changing. So where did you kind of come out of? So I think, uh, so because we're homeschooling, uh, kids are getting older. And so as they have gotten older with homeschooling, uh, because, because you know, there's so many subjects and so, so much more information. It's not like we're living on the little house on the prairie right. where you're teaching your kids to read and then they go read all the books. Mm-hmm. Um, the ty- I mean, the type of education I yearn for for my kids is much more than that, um, which, of course, first and foremost, comes from books. And so... Just making sure, um, so right now I, me and Rebecca Wash, we do school together, almost like a classical conversations twice a week. And mm-hmm. um, Chelsea Bow and her family's joining us this year. So we do science, history, art, and music. And so, yeah, so I think I'm coming out of a season that felt uh, like I can, I can school kids through fourth, fifth grade, mm-hmm. you know, but once they're hitting that middle school year, I'm, I'm starting to feel this pull because I don't want to just send Allie into her room to be like, hey, just go do your curriculum because I'm trying to teach these younger two who don't know how to, well, they know how to read now, but 
like the last few years, it's been me teaching them how to read. And so, um, yeah, so just really preparing for that. I serve in a lot of ways that most people don't know about, like mm-hmm. all the pretty flowers at Redneck Midtown. This isn't me tooting my own horn. It's mm-hmm. just like it takes time. Like I'm I'm the one planting all those and mm-hmm. um, making sure those look fresh and pretty. And if something dies, replacing it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's fun. All right, what else? So how else do I serve at Remnant? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think through all the things. There's like a laundry list of things that that's are just. That's okay. We'll get yeah. to it. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Do you, are you someone who likes change? You said you're looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I think I like easing into it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like planning for it and having a game plan. Mm-hmm. I think change is hard when it's just thrown at you, you know, which sometimes that's what life, that's what happens in life. And sometimes I think the Lord uses that to grow people, which I, yeah, I think he's done that for me for sure at at times. But I think um, just planning for those season, for the season we're in and for just more and more being added to my plate and being efficient in when I say efficiency, I don't, I, I mean, not wasting a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the past I've been guilty of wasting time for myself. So like, not that reading is sinful, but I really love to read. And mm-hmm. so I'll spend like, I'll, I'll stay up if I'm reading a good book and stay up all night and read, well, not all night, but like 1 a.m. <laughs> we know what 1 a.m. <laughs> is like late, late, late for me. That's all night. Um, or watching a show or, and so just making sure that, I am truly it's funny John Piper's wife used to talk about the 530 mm-hmm. uh, club for women and yeah. I, I remember when I was a young mom I was like that's dumb why yeah. would we do that <laughs> we stay at home with our kids why would we choose to wake up at 530 but the older I've gotten and the more things that have been added to my plate I'm like no she's right yeah like getting up early makes you the most efficient like mm-hmm. I get so much done in the mornings yeah. um, I work out I have my Bible study. I usually do a load of laundry, usually unload a dishwasher all before my kids wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is the type of thing or the type of um, example I want to set for my kids. Um, I want to see them. I want them to see that, oh, mom just wasn't at home, like doing whatever. Like she actually worked her butt off. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. yeah. Well, how are you planning for Allie stepping into being a teenager? Yeah. (laughs) Did Um, you just blink and then here it was or yeah. have you been like thinking about it for a while I think that goes back to Sean just being a really good leader um, I remember before we had kids we would read books about how to raise kids and then we had had kids and now we read then we read books on how to school educate mm-hmm. kids and then um, now we're in the life of like let's read those books with our kids yeah. not not the raising kids books or education books but let's read those missionary biographies with our kids let's um read through like we literally we just read through the entire chronicles of narnia series and um just like hearing the kids talk about it and and find things that they would just pull out and be like oh that's like that's like the bible or that person just repented and was forgiven and is a different person now and Mm -hmm. um all of these different little things and so i think that's been fun. I would say so planning for the upcoming stages is um, not having uh, overarching expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because we homeschool, uh, we could fall into the expectation that our kids aren't going to have big sins in right. their teenage years. Um, I pray they don't, mm-hmm. but they're for sure going to have sins. So I think having the right expectations for 
for the season that's upcoming and knowing that they're going to have sin and being open to them coming to you and bringing that to you and helping them work through that. Um, so, yeah. Do you think about yourself as a teenager at all? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm so, yeah. so thankful. <laughs> oh, man, I was for sure ratchet. Like, we didn't get yeah. into it last time, but I was a ratchet teenager. Yeah. Like, straight up. <laughs> Acted one way at church. I fooled everybody. Well, well, you said starting a new business, but we'll move that into your next sewing sure. category. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So this is the part where things are being sewn into your life right now. It's new at the beginning stages, and you put a, a new business yeah. There. So you want to share about that? Sure. Um, it's funny. So I did photography for a decade. And when I say photography, I did all types of photography, family photography, wedding photography. And it was wonderful. It was a great source of income for my family, um, especially because we were young newlyweds. I could edit pictures while my kids napped. So it was a wonderful career um, I only did it part time. Behind me are pictures that you took. <laughs> you can't see them, it. but they're back there. Yes, that's like one of my favorite things is walking. I can't to take them houses. out of the frame. I no, just can't. You do shouldn't it, ever. So. Um, <laughs> that's honestly one of my favorite things is walking to people's homes and seeing. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful picture, and they're like, oh, you took it. No, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot. Um, so I did that for a decade. Um, kind of pulled back from that. Totally pulled back from that. Don't let me lie. I for sure don't do it anymore just because of the uh, the load of which my home required and then outside responsibilities required. But also in that from that planning phase, my daughter's also about to become a teenager. So right. this new opportunity kind of um, fell into my lap. We had some friends and they were like, our daughters are teenagers. We want them to have a job. And so I was thinking through what I would want my daughter, where I would want my daughter working. And I thought about the jobs I had and how they were just, the church cleaning one was fine, but other ones just exposed me to things that I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to put my daughter in those types of situations. And mm-hmm. so, um, I started thinking through and we had a sweet family in the church that had a couple of Airbnbs. And so we started letting them be like backup cleaners to that. But that kind of turned into, Oh, now we, we want you to be our full-time cleaners. Mm-hmm. Um, which means they have like several cleans throughout the week. And so it's kind of just been this thing oh, wow. that has been put in my lap. Okay. Of um, So back in the day when the church, when Midtown was first bought and they turned the parish house into a place um, for people to come stay, like a lot of pastors come and stay there. The Grimkey staff stays there. Um, so back in the day when that was first started, me and Sean kind of did the whole house, if, the, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm talking like sheets, like curtains. Uh, all of the things that you would think to put in like an Airbnb. And so I used to flip that after people would stay in it, clean it essentially. Yeah. Um, And I did that for about a year. And then the sweet salty sisters, I didn't have any more time. Um, And, and then Sean hired Caitlin Melby, like an assistant Mm -hmm. to help kind of oversee that and manage it. And then the salty sisters clean it now. But I think that kind of prepared me to be able to be really meticulous for for this new business but it's been so great because um i now have five different crews that um and all of them are ladies from the church some of them are like ladies and their daughters some of them are are young single girls a lot of them are, are just moms that go to our church um, and so I'm essentially at this point training and managing them. And mm-hmm. so just making sure like I like I'll go in and check after them just to make sure that everything is like completely spot on. And I rarely have to fix anything anymore. But so, yeah, it's just been a wonderful gift to me and my daughter and yeah. her friends. Um, they're one of the crews. 
Uh, and so, yeah, it's just been really exciting to see. So in the church, you want business owners, right? Uh, that that shows you have a well-rounded community. And so you have these people that own these Airbnbs. And then off of that, they're creating more businesses. So mm-hmm. like they also have people from the two boys from the church that come and cut the grasses at their houses. And oh, nice. um, they use us for their cleaning business. So I'm also now in the process of just because I have ladies that want to make extra cash because the hours are usually really flexible. Yeah. And usually a clean only takes like a couple hours, like few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really flexible for homeschooling moms and teenagers that are homeschooled or just, I mean, just anybody that would be generally interested in making some extra cash. And so I'm trying to add like five to six Airbnbs over the next year or so mm-hmm. um, and kind of just keep building it out. Um, and then eventually I don't see it. I mean, it could turn into a long-term thing, but I honestly see it as something that I could give over to Allie when she comes over to age. Like, hey, yeah. here's something already built. Go make it better. Yeah. And bless your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, or anybody or somebody else in the church. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's what I see out of it. Um, kind of like the parish house thing. Like, mm-hmm. here you go, Salty Sisters. I don't have time for this anymore. Y'all are awesome and want to serve. This is the perfect way to serve. Um, I'm probably going to do that with the with the Midtown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the flowers. <laughs> yeah, the flowers there. She's like glittering her fingers. I'm I, like, um... I see flowers. <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, so I I think I'm I'm gifted in and getting things started and making them semi-efficient. And then I, I don't have an issue holding on to things. I, I, I can give things like that easily away and not feel like degraded or or yeah. sad or or mad if somebody does it better i yeah. that's one area that i don't struggle in i'm like yeah you're for sure going to do it better than me go do it <laughs> yeah well that's something that we absolutely think about in our family too is um the long game for our kids just like you're saying with your daughter and then i'm sure that god will give you all a vision for graham and oh yeah all of that too yep. and that's um, all part of the plan mm-hmm. like thinking through um, I, there's another book recommendation. It's called Durable Trades. I'm not going to remember the author. <laughs> so it's a book called Durable Trades, but it talks about creating ways in which your children can use their skills and monetize those skills. I think that's something that the church does not talk about. I think our church talks about it. Mm-hmm. Um, our church encourages starting businesses. It encourages using Christian businesses. But we need to do that with our kids. And the only way we're going to be able to do that with our kids if, is if they see it done through Absolutely. us. You know, like they you started a, yep. you started a podcast. Ryan has a nonprofit. Um, so seeing your parents actually feet to the ground, creating something from nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously the Lord is doing it through you, but creating something from nothing and starting starting something. There's just something so wonderful about it and, and just such a picture of God because those businesses, those organizations usually run more efficiently than I would say 90%. I, I think that's why our cleaning business, that's why the business is doing so well mm-hmm. because we actually care Absolutely, about the yeah. small things. Like we are going to make sure that there is not anybody else's gross hair yeah. <laughs> anywhere in that house. <laughs> and not and not many other people are thinking on that level. You know, they're yeah. just there to get just in so and out. Just so you know, Megan's got a tool belt with a um, magnifying <laughs> glass on it right now. Tweezers yes, and yes. no. She's checking oh, out my basement. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. See, that's the funny thing is uh, the older I've gotten, the more organized and clean I have gotten. Mm-hmm. But for sure, if you come over my house, you're for sh- we have two dogs and two cats. You're going to find hair somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Well, also in this section, something new, um, something at the beginning stages you wrote about an organization you're involved with in your neighborhood. What is that? Yes. So I am on the board at the Robinson Theater. It is a great nonprofit that offers a bunch of different uh opportunity just to serve the neighborhood and the community that we live in. I've, I honestly started going there because I knew I needed to, after having babies, I knew I needed to move my body. Uh, I remember Zumba specifically. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Um, And so I needed to, I needed to get my strength and my core. I mean, I had terrible back and hip issues Mm -hmm. after having kids and it was just because I was inactive. Uh, I, I so often see ladies struggling with those types of things and it's like you just need to get active yeah, whether so. it be a walk anyway so back to the board so uh, i started going there for their workout classes um, they offer so many other types of things like nutritional classes and youth classes and so because and i also served there with my photography skills um i've been serving there for i don't even know how many years mm-hmm. and so because of that they recently asked me to become a board member and it has been I remember the first meeting, I was so humbled because I for sure was in a room that if you looked around, I looked like I didn't belong. Okay. Uh, And I say that because I'm unemployed. I stay at home with kids and I homeschool my kids. Everyone else there had elaborate titles. I'm talking like lawyers, um, somebody closely connected with the mayor, like mm-hmm. um, just just any, not homeschool moms. Yeah, not <laughs> homeschool moms. But that is the beautiful thing about Christ is that he allows us to break into rooms like that and everyone mm-hmm. be like, why is she here? Yeah, You know what I mean? Not that anybody said that to me or they thought that. I'm, I'm assuming somebody thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember them going around the room the first meeting and everyone <laughs> introducing themselves. And um, I, I listed off just a few things. Uh, that I do. And um, I remember feeling like a little bit inadequate, but I remember on the way home, just the Holy Spirit reminding me that you're not, Yeah, you're not inadequate. Like God has you there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, these people obviously respect you because it's not something they just ask anybody to be a part of. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it's been beautiful. It's been... Um, so how did that happen? Do you think it's because you your face has been around a long time? I think it was a little bit of both. So being a board member requires you to, uh, one, be able to serve in a capacity, whether it be... Uh, so for me, it was through my photography, but also uh, serving in a way that like helps promote the nonprofit. So mm-hmm. like attending festivals or X, Y, and Z, things of that nature, mm-hmm. um, going and talking about the Robinson Theater. And then also the second part of that is actually like raising money for the nonprofit because nonprofit means not for profit. Right. So right. they don't have, they intentionally raise money so they, they can offer their uh, their classes and all of their, all of the things that they offer at a very inexpensive rate, especially yeah. for people that live in the East End. Um, and that's their whole goal is to is to show how community can live mm-hmm. uh, just because the East End has had so much brokenness uh, and so much hurt from just a lot of different avenues through, through the generations. And so um, they're trying to restore that. Yeah. This is a seed of faith for you. Like, is this temporary or what do you hope for? Oh, I hope it's not temporary. Um, I keep thinking that it might be just because I'm yeah. like, are they going to ask somebody else to join? Um, which I, which would be totally fine, honestly. Um, I would, I would feel no shame in that. But um, yeah, I hope it. I hope it's something that I get to look back on in ten years and just see the fruit from it. Honestly, I've already seen the fruit. Like, yeah. just making. 
I mean, obviously any avenue that you can meet non-Christians is is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is for sure giving me an opportunity to meet non-Christians that have a lot of influence. Mm-hmm. And when I say a lot of influence, I mean people that just know a ton of people that if they came to know the Lord, Connected, they could yeah. make a huge impact for his glory. Um, and so, yeah, it's I, it'll be really cool to see how how that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a huge time commitment. I don't think I could do it if it was a huge time commitment. But it was one of those things that just fit perfectly into my life that um, has just been a blessing to me. And I hope to be a blessing to them. Yeah. Well, we can be praying for that. Yes. Um, for your seat at the at the table. So what is something that you're watering? So something that I am watering. Sorry, I'm... Or God, I guess I, I have to put it in his, yeah. his court. Yeah. <laughs> what are you watering, oh, yeah. Lord? <laughs> okay, so it's so funny. So I guess a year ago, um, <laughs> I don't know who actually brought it up, but somebody brought it up. So Grimke Seminary is a seminary that Remnant Church partners with that a lot of the pastors at Remnant either teach at or work part-time for. So mm-hmm. like Sean ha- works part-time now for for Grimke Seminary, not even part-time. I don't even know how much it is. Anyways, um, and I through Grimke, I have done uh, lots of serving opportunities. Like there's a wives brunch that I run and um, get to host and be hospitable to all these wives that their husbands just graduated from the seminary. It's wonderful. Um, so through that serving and getting to know some of the professors, uh, somebody mentioned they now started a college for ministry leaders in churches. And so somebody was like, hey, you should do Grimke College. And it kind of was something that I, I had thought about, but I was like, mm, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then it just kind of got like somebody kept bringing it back up. And I was like, have she registered? <laughs> I was like, uh, no. Um, also, me and try- Sean were trying to figure out like financially if it was something that I felt bad for taking away from like our family in that way, mm-hmm. especially when we're homeschooling kids. I'm like, oh, that could be something that – I could do like after the kids are done with school. But anyways, it just got somehow it just got somebody, one of our friends just was like, hey, you should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so okay, we were like, OK. And the the time commitment worked out fine. It's only like five to six hours a week in the way that the college is laid out. It's it's literally made for people that are already doing ministry full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say. I guess I fall into that. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I fall into that. Anyways, um, not full time. I'm home full time with my kids. But ministry is something that I help in You're very involved many in. ways. Yes. So um, the way the program is structured is you don't have there's no prerequisites for the for the courses. It's the only prerequisite is that you are your church says you should do it. Mm-hmm. What is that called? Like recommends you for it? Sure, yeah. Yeah, you have backing from your church. And mm-hmm. so I had that. Um, and the the courses are, you can only take one class at a time, which makes it super wonderf- wonderful. So right now I'm in the hermeneutics course, okay. and so which is just nice. biblical interpretation. So um, it's been really cool because it's, it's something that I always yearned for earlier in my Christian walk. I was like, oh, my gosh, all I would love more knowledge, more knowledge, more knowledge. Um, I want to know my Bible deeper. And it's funny because my husband always was like, you just need to read. I have all the books. I went mm-hmm. to seminary. Just go read them. Um, but I think there's something about the way the Lord sanctifies us before we're ready for that type of knowledge, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me personally, if I would have 
been given that knowledge, I think I would have been puffed up Mm -hmm. uh, earlier in ministry. And earlier in ministry, I needed to be humbled. I needed to be uh, sanctified in the ways that the Lord sanctifies you through having kids and doing things that you're, you don't want to submit to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think through that, I think I've, um, I haven't, I haven't arrived for sure, yeah. not even close to arriving, but I think I am in a more mature state to where I can take that knowledge and not, and not be puffed up yeah. and not be prideful about it. Um, and so, yeah, it's been amazing. I'm doing it with, uh, Angel Logan, Pastor, Pastor Diddy's wife. Mm-hmm. And it's been such such a gift it's and so to see how the lord uses that in the coming years is uh been really cool and i feel like it's something that's been sown in me um so yeah is there anything you had to overcome to do it i think in the beginning it was the finance stuff Mm -hmm. i felt bad for taking away that type of money from my family um because it felt selfish you know but once uh, once a dear friend was like, and my husband was like, hey, this isn't selfish. Like, this is for the building up of the kingdom. Then I was like, okay, I don't know how to argue with that. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I love, I, I said in the last one, I love education. I love learning. Um, and so I've just been eating it up, like truly eating it up. If there's anybody out there that's in ministry and um, just would like more more education, like com- uh, community group leaders, like this is prime time for community group leaders. I think they're even giving like husband and wives. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it. I think they're giving husband and wife discounts um, for community group leaders um, just because they're encouraging them to go through the training. It's just such a great uh, baseline, not baseline. I wouldn't say baseline because it it does dive it does dive deeper mm-hmm. um, than baseline, but it's it's been wonderful. Well, let me ask you this: So, have you had any shifts? As what's been happening in your mind, heart, life as you're going through this? Hmm. I don't know if I've had any shifts yet. So mm-hmm. I'm only so I've done New Testament, Old Testament, and then I'm doing hermeneutics, which is biblical interpretation. So. I think everything I've learned up to this point has been just affirmatory in what, in the way our church functions, in the way my life functions, in the way, um, I'm sure once we get into the more specifics, it'll get a little bit more nitty gritty and push on me a little bit more. But for the, for the first two classes, because it's been like all of the Old Testament, all of the New Testament, it's like, there's not really much there to argue with, you know, it's biblical, it's, it's the Bible, you know, um, well, how about the Grimke Seminary Wives? Can you share a little bit about the process? Do you have like long-term connections with these women or is it yeah, like just sometimes, an, yeah. um, an evening that you get to enjoy yeah. their company or how do you build them up? Yeah. So um, it's been, so they have like a, a dinner for, for the graduates and their wives uh, on the graduation weeks. Um, and then, so because of that, because of the dinner, you meet them there and then me and then Jess Ponder, Pastor Doug's wife, and then Sandra, Matt's, Matt King's wife. Matt is, I don't remember his exact title at Grimke Seminary. It's something big. Anyways, so Sandra's there. And so we all get to meet these ladies and love on them. We provide food. Um, and then we have Mark and Lori Becton, who are just a sweet older couple who that come and just give a little encouragement to, to these wives. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been so I get to meet them there. A lot of times I've met a few of them before this moment. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there have been some some ladies that I've been able to stay connected with that they'll call and ask questions and um, just to encourage there. There's something special about being able to talk to women who have been 
in a similar position Mm -hmm. for a little bit longer than you. Um, I mean, I have that. I have ladies that I love to talk to. I mean, Lori Becton is one of those. Every time, it's so funny, me and Jess Ponder, every time Lori is in a room, we always fight over who gets to sit next to her because <laughs> we're just like, tell us all the things, Lori. Um, she's just a sweet lady who's who's lived well. Uh, she has two sons that love the Lord. She has grandkids that come to the same church as her. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, um, just generational faithfulness. And so... Um, there's something special about having that type of connection. And so for it's funny, I'm still very young, but I've been in ministry with my husband for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so for some of these wives that are their husbands are just now graduating, they might be older than me. But if in retrospect, they they see me as a source of wisdom sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes yeah. they look at me and they're like, you're dumb blonde, <laughs> which is totally fine. I have dumb blonde moments, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah. So you mentioned in your notes, too, which I don't think you mentioned yet with your voice, that you also um, help lead the pastor wives of our church family. Yeah. And do you want to share about that? Yeah. So um, I wouldn't. I, so I put the word leading, but it's probably not leading. It's probably facilitating. That's probably a better word. So um, the pastor's wives. Uh, and the pastors do the same thing. They meet monthly and read a book and talk through that book and just to stay sharp, just to stay up to date and make sure that they are they know what the current thoughts are mm-hmm. on different issues. And some of the books they read are, are opinions they agree with and some of them are with opinions that they might not, not fully agree with. So um, we as the pastor's wives try to do something similar. So we meet every other month. And so I've um, it's not something that I think anybody was like, you should do this it kind of just became something where it was like I just started doing yeah (laughs) and so um it's been great we meet every other month and um we try to read a book and or do a bible study or something of that nature and one of the pastor's wives will lead it um so I'm kind of just the person that at the beginning of the year lay everything out it's like this is what we're gonna do um this past month we went to Jamie Hall's uh and I heard you she was on the podcast uh right before me so um the pastor's wives went to her business and made signs or made different crafts not of all of us made signs (laughs) Mm -hmm. so but it was so fun I try to do one fun thing um um, a month and then before Caitlin was hired part-time Caitlin Melby is um I don't even know what her title is. I should know this. Anyways, she's just a wonderful lady who does all of the things um, mm-hmm. that Sean and Pastor Brian need her. Sean is my husband. Um, <laughs> need her to do. And so, yeah. Yes. So before she came on, we um, we would do things as a staff together. One of those things w- was a big Christmas party. Um, and so when COVID hit, all of the restaurants were closed. And so... Um, but it's not like just like your get together, everyone potluck type thing like we try to make it super fancy and super just encouraging to the people that get to attend it just because these people are usually the people that are pouring the most out um and so when COVID hit all the restaurants were closed nobody would nobody would host that amount of people (laughs) because it's so like I think that this past one this past year we had 40 some people attend Mm. (laughs) which is so crazy to say that between the church and Graham Key we have that many people staff like Mm -hmm. staff and their spouses like it's not just it's not just like Joe Schmo it's it's like actual people that are fully on staff so when that first year COVID hit I I was Sean was like go to town plan it and Mm -hmm. I mean because I was in the wedding industry for so long it it was not hard for me to plan it was so fun um, but like doing all the flowers for that. So that's another thing that like anytime there's an event with like Grimkey or the seminary or 
um, remnant. Like I'll usually help Caitlin and do like the flower. We usually like we'll tag team it like with flowers and event planning and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that I don't remember where I was going. No, with that. you're fine. You answered my question. <laughs> So there's seasons that word you can't say. Oh, I know. No, we're going to say it. We're going to say it. Forget that man. He was just mad. He was just mad that he didn't have a wife that goes through seasons. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't do it all. So did you have to say no to anything to do this? Or do you feel like the timing just worked? Oh, I think the Lord has been so pro- providential in the timing. So mm-hmm. like, like Caitlin got hired. So like, I don't fully plan all of the events anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's her job. She gets paid to do that. She calls me in to help occasionally. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I can help with that. I can do some flowers. Like, that's easy. I'll go to Trader Joe's, maybe spend a couple hours. And my kids are older now. So, sure, yeah. I I mean, like, we're getting to the point where, like, we can almost leave them at home for several hours and be like, we'll be back. Mm -hmm. Don't die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just a crazy season to be in. Um, But it's been so fun. I think having older kids has allowed me to serve in ways that I mean I just love serving I grew up in a church where everyone that I mean that was what was seen as like your Christian duty is to Mm -hmm. serve like you're gonna cook the food you're gonna not just like me personally but like that was just the thing everybody was helping out you were gonna serve in nursery you're gonna um, go to this potluck and somebody was going to do the flowers, somebody was going to do the signs, somebody mm-hmm. was going to do the food. Um, so I think that I've entered the season where those things are more open to me than they used to be. You sure. know, like I used to not be able to, I, it's funny, when the church first started, I served in the nursery. I started having my own babies and my husband was a pastor. And so he was at church hours before it started, which left me at home with small children to get ready by myself, get to church. And so in that season, there wasn't really much room for me to get to church to serve. Most of the time when you're attending church, it's you and your husband getting your kids ready, showing up together, serving together, and then attending service together. I didn't have that. So I um, I used to feel a little guilty from not being able to serve on a Sunday morning. But now all my kids are older. So we all serve together. We're mm-hmm. all in the nursery together. And I'm constantly having to tell my two younger kids, don't pick up a baby. You will drop it. Don't pick up the babies. <laughs> but funny. it's so sweet to see them serve with me. Like Allie loves it. And it's so funny. Moms will walk in with the cutest baby you have ever seen. And I'll, I'll like I'll try to take it and they're like no actually um, we dropped her off last week and she did really well with Allie she might cry Aww. with you and it's so funny I'm like it's like uh, it's a moment where you're like okay I'm Proud, doing a good job yeah. yeah doing doing such like doing something right um okay so training and pruning this is wow we're halfway through <laughs> oh that's okay the first one was super long so okay. I feel like uh, I'm helping you out here okay. with we'll we'll help ladies out <laughs> you'll be able to get more done today ladies yeah <laughs> so what what in your life doesn't feel good right now Megan but it is good so I wouldn't say right now it doesn't feel good I would say for the first several years of doing it it didn't feel good and so that I would say that would be homeschooling Mm -hmm. I remember back in when Sean and I first started dating that was a conversation we had it's so it's so fun to look back and see just how good of a leader he was you don't hear often women talk about except in our church talk about their husbands in good light you know a lot of times it's like oh my husband did this or Mm -hmm. this I can't believe he's doing this again anyway so I just want to take a moment and say just how thankful I was, how good of a leader my husband was through those early years. I remember, but this was one of our biggest fights. Mm. Like I'm talking about, like I put my foot down and I was not moving it. 
and I didn't move it for a really long time. Yeah. And that was for sure sinful. So um, I remember the first time he brought up homeschooling and I was like, you're crazy. Mm. Like, do you not remember the kids we went to, to church with that were homeschooled? They <laughs> oh, were, okay. You're they, going there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were the weirdest kids you could ever talk to. Yeah. And so that is where I drew the line. It wasn't because I didn't want to homeschool like because it was too much work on me. Mm. It was more out of I'm not raising weird kids. Yeah. Like I'm ra- I'm raising culturally relevant children. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing the weird outcast kids. Like I ain't doing that. Um, and then uh, finally he made the funny point, which made me come around a little bit. But he said, look at the parents. Most of the time, 99% of the time, the weird kids came from weird parents. And oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like what are you going to say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. Like their parents were usually like pretty kooky too. So yeah. kooky parents equals kooky kids. Yeah. So anyways. Someone's um, got to do it. Yeah. But uh <laughs> Anyway, so in the beginning, I would say I submitted to homeschooling with gritted teeth. And that's not actual submission. Actual submission is doing the thing not through gritted teeth with a submissive heart. Right. And my heart was, I mean, and that's the thing. I'm a, I feel like most people that know me know I'm a pretty stubborn person. Mm-hmm. I told you earlier, when I make a decision, I have no qualms about not turning away from that decision. Like once it's decided... Yeah. I'll stay with it. Um, <laughs> and so this was one of those things that I had that it just threw it was a curveball for me. I didn't I didn't expect that that was the path. But once he laid out all of the arguments, I, I think that's another thing people misconceptualize about submission. Like it's not just your husband just saying this is what we're going to do. I mean, of course, he can say that. Sure. But that's not in love. That's not that's not Christ. Um like you're you're allowed to ask questions. Like you're mm-hmm. allowed to dialogue and have have a conversation. And that's what needed to happen. And so the more he laid out a case and the more reading I did, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. This is our only way, but I'm still gonna do it through gritted teeth. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think those early years were me bearing down and just doing it because I knew it was our only option. Mm-hmm. Like private school wasn't an option that's way too expensive, especially because we narrowed it down to a classical education. And the only classical ed- education at the time was Veritas. Veritas yeah. And that was thousands of dollars per year per child. And that was actually it's tens of thousands of yes, dollars per child <laughs> per year. And that was not something we were willing to sacrifice in our budget just because our budget was made to be around the church. Like mm-hmm. we give to the church. We spend our money with hospitality, serving others, loving others. um, And that would have taken out all of that. Like we wouldn't have been able to do any of that. And so then again, my husband leading out well and Mm -hmm. saying, no, we're not doing that. You can take some time to get on board, but you're going to get on board. (laughs) So you did a lot of aggressive ABCs. (laughs) Hold on, you have to explain what that is. No, like... If they're gritted teeth, like yeah, frustrated. Well, and the thing was, a lot of it wasn't uh, gritted teeth out of like, I mean, I'm sure some of it was out of bitterness. I think some of it was actually not knowing how to educate. Mm-hmm. So not knowing how to teach reading. I remember New City Academy did a conference last year for new for teachers, and it was wonderful. And um, Rebecca Wash did a talk on how to teach reading to your children and it was it was so funny i i remember thinking i actually didn't attend to it i attend that session but i listened to it later and she's one of my closest friends and so um i've heard 
I've heard her say these things over the years. And it it was utterly uh, like a light bulb off moment for me because mm-hmm. I was like, I wish I could have heard this when I started. Um, I felt like I was trapped in uh, with not knowing how to do something well. And I'm not one that likes to do things subpar. Mm-hmm. I like to go all in, read all the books, try my best. And if I feel like I'm not doing my best, if I feel like I'm doing something subpar, I struggle very much with that. I do not like feeling like I am uh, subpar at something that I know is affecting other people. If Mm -hmm. it was for myself, like like gardening, like I was a subpar gardener. I still am a subpar gardener. Um, But that's not affecting anybody but myself, Mm -hmm. you know. So with my kids, I was like, I'm not only – like letting, like I'm not letting myself down. I'm letting them down, um, and it's it specifically revolved just around reading. Like the other subjects, I was fine. And like I said last podcast, I love math, I love science, all good there. But like grammar and mm-hmm. and so I think in the beginning, I just felt like I was all alone and I didn't have anybody to help. Yeah. Um, which which I didn't. I think Sean would tell you that um, that he didn't do a good job of helping me in the beginning. He's very involved now. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it was just me. And so um, I remember just digging in and just like grasping at anything I could get my hands on to help in the with those things. And so praise God, I'm going to brag on Rebecca Wash. I mean, the girl has just been a godsend to me just because um, – like I was talking about last uh, last episode, having people in your lives that help. If you struggle in an area or you need help in an area, whether it be cooking, educating, working, be, not being lazy, go find a friend that is great at it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like you don't even have to work to become better at you. It's just like osmosis. Like you just start hanging out with them and then all of a sudden – you become a better educator. I'm a better educator because of a ton of different people that I've just been like, hey, come on in, show me how you do it, and I'm going to watch you, and then I'm going to emulate that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the whole Christian walk. That's, I mean, that's the whole point of the body, right? Well, I'm about to launch in two weeks a preschool group at Maymont that's going to do the same thing. So the first month or so or five weeks, the moms that have been schooling for a while are going to lead and then turn it over to moms that maybe aren't schooling yet or whatever just to start doing that and holding hands in the process so that you're not just dropped into kindergarten and like, what's happening? Help these moms do that because that was the whole thing. I, I think yeah, a lot sure, yeah. of people have a hard time creating something and then letting it go. I, I would say that's probably one of the hardest things that we as humans have to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's what's kids. That's with kids. You do. You spend all of this time, their whole lives, raising them to a certain point, And then you have to let them go. And yeah. you see so many people struggle with it. Like I have seen over the years so many people like go into mourning during that period. I like I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to be doing a happy <laughs> dance because Lord willing, my kids are going to be living for the Lord, sure, just yeah. rocking life. I'm not going to, I'm not saying they're not going to have sin. For sure they're going to have sin. But I, I mean, it's going to be a joyful time. Like I, you better believe I'm going to dance at their wedding and have good gracious. I already told Sean, I was like, if you catch me being like this or like this or like this, you need to duct tape my mouth shut and tie me up and put me in a closet. I was like, I'm only allowed out if I am being joyful and encouraging. Like that's another thing, uh, ladies, hot tip. Keep a running list of things you wish were done for you in certain big life stages. So be that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. So I have a running list on my phone of things to do, like when kids get married, when when kids have babies. And granted, a lot of them have been things that have been done for me. And I write them down so that I don't get to that stage and I don't forget. Yeah. Um, and so, Lord willing, I'm going to read that list and, and be like, oh, yeah, I needed that reminder. <laughs> All right. So you said God softened your heart and you submitted to your husband's wishes about this. Yes. Was it, what was the order? Yeah. How would you describe it for so you? So I would say the Lord softened my heart, but the Lord also softened my husband's heart where he saw that I needed help. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was floundering, drowning under the weight of that. Because that's the thing. All the other ways in which I serve, they come easy. They, they're just natural things that I can easily do and not really have to think much about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, homeschooling was very, very hard for me. Um, just for, like I said earlier, just for the sheer fact of, of having to teach things. Like, yes, I've learned a lot of things over my life, but I haven't had to teach them yeah. to someone else. And I, I think that's how you truly know that you've grasped something is that when you can relay it to someone else, mm-hmm. um, and I think there are certain subjects in which I have grasped and have done a good job teaching them. But like reading and and reading is such an important part of being a well-educated person, being a well-rounded person, mm-hmm. not just educated, just well-rounded, someone who's fun to talk to. Uh, some of my favorite people are, are book people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is literally why I love Rebecca Walsh, because we're always like, what are you reading? I'm reading this. <laughs> what do you think? It was not that good. And then the next book, it's like, oh, my gosh, this was amazing. Anyways, yeah. that there's just something so, so life-giving about about reading. And so I felt being falling short in the category of being able to teach reading. Um, I was setting my kids back. But I think I um, – Paige Lachlan has been – Pastor Brian's wife has been such an encouragement in the way that, like, hey – if they don't get it this year, you have a whole nother year next year. Yeah. And I think that was the disconnect that early on, which is why I was still doing it through gritted teeth um, and not really just handing it over to the Lord and being like, Lord, please help me or send somebody to help me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And and the Lord's done that. Like um, last year we got we hired a reading specialist, which is Melissa Dalton. She's wonderful. Um, she goes to Remnant. There, there again, yeah. businesses in Remnant that are open and available. Nikki Hunt helped us out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she tested our kids and showed where their weaknesses were. Um, and so just really, I think that's another thing is – um, I think in the beginning, it was a little bit of guilt, uh, not guilt. It was my own pride, not wanting to ask certain people for help and, and instead just laying it all in line. Like I, that's stupid. Why, who cares if you can't teach reading, like go ask for help, especially for your kid's sake. Um, and so I think, I think the, the turning point was when I finally handed it over to God and, and confessed to my husband that I was like, Hey, I was doing this with gritted teeth. Like I'm, I'm doing it because you told me to do it, but I, my heart wasn't in it. And I think that shift happened a couple years ago. You said you actually had a, a conversation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, and that's another thing. Like if you're, if the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart like that, you got to share that with the person that you've committed the sin against. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think that's one of the beauties of marriage is having a friendship that you can share those things with. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what a sad marriage if you if you don't have that kind of depth, that kind of um, 
repentance, forgiveness, and and reconciliation. Gosh, mm-hmm. what beautiful, what, I mean, the Lord says that it's a picture of him. I mean, in every sure. part of the Bible, I mean, you see that in Ephesians, you see it in um, all of the different spots where it talks about marriage and the, the husband being the head, but it's because it's a picture of Christ mm-hmm. um, submitting to the Father. Um, so yeah, full on straight admitted to him like, hey, I'm real sorry. I've been sitting in this way. I've been doing this with gritted teeth. Just coming to let you know that um, my heart's been changed and I love you. I'm thankful for the way you've led us and and just being real open and honest about those types of things. Those are the types of marriages that are going to last. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. Um, I think, I think another way uh, he has uh, shown me that I, I had a I had a heart that was doing it through gritted teeth is um, there would be certain people that I would complain to. Mm. And uh, it's funny because one of the ladies called at one time and asked me and she was like, it just seems that every time we talk, you complain about school. She didn't say it in those words. She was being really kind. And she actually put that's it on her straight herself. Up friend. <laughs> well, no, she wa- that's the thing, though. I kid you not, Laura. She called me to repent to me mm. for making, I guess, uh, making me feel like um, I wasn't good enough or mm. that. Um, anyways, so she put it all on her. And at the end of the conversation, I go, actually, this was this was a really good conversation that my heart needed to hear because it actually wasn't you that needs to repent. It's me. Right. I was the one complaining. I am the one that has the complaining heart. And um, I think a lot of times we we don't we aren't open like that with each other. You know, we we uh, we just let it slip by, and we we don't confront it. And um, but who wants to be around somebody who's complaining all the time? Right. Nobody. Nobody wants to be around that person. That person's not fun. That person's not joyful. Right. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's complaining or fearful or um, or just a downer. You yeah. know. And I was that for school. Um, so would you creatively complain or were you just like outright? Oh, girl, no. I'm just I'm real good at complaining, like <laughs> okay. straight to the point. <laughs> I was not creative I'm at all. Pretty sure this all. this is your confession you're weeding. Yeah. God's yeah. getting this oh, out of you. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, well, there's other sins that we'll get to. <laughs> there's always many. There's always many things to be to be weeded. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Lord has just done. Um, that's I think that's one of the things that. Uh, I was talking about earlier things that you need to go through to kind of to sanctify you. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, homeschooling has been that because it's not something I ever saw myself doing, ever wanted to do. Um, but it was the only choice I had. Yeah. Um, and I love my kids and I love my husband. So I was like, yeah, I got to do this. Got to buckle down and do it. And I mean, gosh, I've got a seventh, fourth and second grader. Yeah. Um, and I feel like every year for the last three years, every year has just gotten better and better and better. And just like like now I have grandparents coming to teach certain subjects that like I could teach, but it would be even better if yeah. you taught it. Um, and like I said, like me and Bex do science and history and art and music. Her mom comes and does an, a music class. Like it's just amazing like just amazing to see what the community got and then i mean the new city is starting to talk about starting a secondary school and so it's just um it's so funny how uh you're like i'm all alone i'm doing it by myself and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the lord's just like boom yeah like next year i could have Allie like fully enrolled in a in a secondary school i mean i don't i'm not saying that's what they're gonna do but like that's a possibility Mm -hmm. that's one of my kids also, I'm at the point where like all of my kids are reading now. And so it's just like now it's just off to the races. Like yeah. we're we're just going to learn all the things, read all the things and talk about all. Of them. Um, so, 
Yeah, I'm I'm in a really good place and I'm just so thankful for the people that the Lord has put in put in my life to to help me, to encourage me, to cheer me on. Can we just rewind back to that phone call you got? Yeah. Was it a surprise to you? Is it like, oh, I think I'm there almost like you talked about sweeping stuff under the rug. Was it just like complaining was just so normal that you didn't realize it till I think I knew I did it. Mm -hmm. I think I knew I did it and I just didn't care. Which isn't even more deeper sin that yeah. is not good you know mm-hmm. um yeah I think I was self-aware of it I think I just needed somebody to call me on my crap um, so how is God replacing that in you like do you go like okay something's got to give so it started with obviously confession to your friend yeah. um and repentance and then did that shift in you oh yeah um, oh yeah. yeah I think it opened a door that showed me other areas that I was complaining about and how um, just how awful complaining is Mm -hmm. i think it's something that runs rampant in our culture like if you get on social media and you see what's your opinion right yeah (laughs) you have the right oh my gosh (laughs) just like people complaining about their kids people complaining about their husbands people complaining about their jobs people Mm -hmm. complaining about their dog Mm -hmm. people complaining about sickness um Mm -hmm. it's just rampant and if we're to be like christ we're to be not like the culture Mm -hmm. and the culture is just I mean, good gracious, the things that people will complain about these days. Like, I'm just like, you need to go live somewhere else because (laughs) honestly, the America I live in is pretty stinking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some things it needs to correct for sure. Who, what, what country doesn't have things it needs to correct? But the only way you get there is with a Christian worldview Mm -hmm. is if you see that there is brokenness and brokenness exists. But with a Christian worldview, we have hope in Christ that he's going to come and change things, right? And so because of that, we can look around and see the good things that the Lord is doing. Mm -hmm. And if our focus is on the things that he's not doing instead of the things that he is doing, what kind of life is that? Like, that's so sad. That would be, I mean, think about it. When when you're with your toddlers and your toddler comes up to you and goes, Mommy, I don't like this food. I don't want to eat this food. Who wants to be around that toddler? (laughs) I love my toddlers. And I for sure was like, hey. I, I don't want to be around you. I mean, I didn't say that to him, but yeah. I was thinking it. I, everybody else thinks about it. Even Every time you go to a restaurant and there is a little kid sitting at the table next to you <laughs> and you're on a date with your husband and that little kid looks at its food and is like, nah, not eating that, and then throws a fit. Yep. Nobody wants to be around that. Yep. And that's the funny thing that culture does not see is that we do that as adults. And so we need to weed that out. Like your, like your analogy. Mm-hmm. We need to weed that out of our hearts so that we can weed that out of our children's hearts mm-hmm. and they can grow up to be just beefcake believers that right. look nothing like anybody's ever seen. I, I, it's going to be such a glorious day when your kids, my kids are grown and married and living for the Lord, Lord willing. I mean, it's just going to be a wholly different thing that, that nobody's ever seen before. I, I mean, it's just going to be... It's funny because we we think about starting like a revolution or um uh, oh what's the word reformation think, yes yeah yeah both of those are yeah work. in like that's something we want to do in our generation but it might not be our generation it might be the generation that we're raising or the generation that they raise mm-hmm. it might be three four generations down anyways yeah that back to that phone conversation I think we just have to be open to receiving harsh words from good friends because the best friends are the friends that are going to call you out and then be like hey i love you you're forgiven 
Yeah. Like those are the best friends. And there's no better feeling than that too, because uh, I think a lot of times we approach God with fear. We don't believe his promises in the in the Bible. So it's there's something that we're afraid to confess. I mean, I understand this, really believing him that he like perfectly loves us. Yeah. He perfectly loves us and that casts out fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so good. So how about... You also put in this category, you brought back in that submission part, and you brought in your heart again um, to this. So you're still weeding and working towards whole heart submission to your husband. It's so funny because I grew up in church, and um, I do not remember many times where pastors talked about submission. Right. Um, I still think in today's church, we don't hear the word submission. Mm-mm. Um I think it's something Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that when it is talked about, it is very tiptoed around. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I used to have a a very hard time talking about that word. It was something that I was like, yeah, I do that, but I'm not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um just because we grew up in a feminist society that says women can do all things. Mm. Women can do anything men can do. Um but that's not what the Bible says. It's mm. not uh, our our identity is grounded in Christ, which means we are equal. Mm-hmm. We have everything about us. Like we are on the same level as men. God loves us no no more, no less than men. But it does make there it is dis- an order. He, yeah. He designed an order. There yeah. has to be an order or it's chaos. Mm-hmm. The um, thing about the United States, if there was no president or Congress or Senate, it would be, I mean, it's still a, it's still a crap <laughs> show. And we have those things. Like if we didn't have those things, We'd have we'd have a communist dictator that came in, take o- took over, did whatever he wanted, um, and so God gives us order and structure mm-hmm. uh, for our. It's a mercy to us. It's a grace to us. If and we to didn't show have us that. himself, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, um, I, actually, going back to your question earlier, where you asked if there was something at Grimke College that is shifting in me, mm-hmm. I would say it's. Uh, I would say a big takeaway is actually reading the Bible and not being scared to talk about the parts where it talks about women. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I think a lot of Christian women don't talk about those things. They're like, those are the least of these things. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, you know how we were talking about a little while ago, like first things first. Like, I think a lot of times we as Christians can miss the, hey, if you're not loving your husband, at home, if you're not submitting to your husband at home, if you're not loving your kids at home, if you're not actually taking care of your household, Mm -hmm. you have no business teaching a women's Bible study. You have no business going off with single ladies and, and trying to pour into them. No, first things first, you have to submit. You have to love your husband. You have to love your kids first those are first mm-hmm. things and then you get to go and do those other things um i've been having a i've been having a conversation with um my mother-in-law she is so dear to my heart she it's it's funny we're 15 years into marriage and i feel like our relationship has gotten closer and closer over the years which is only because of Christ, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, I would say she's one of my closest, dearest friends. And um, we we will talk about theology and, and kind of go head to head on certain things. But it's been so, it's honestly fun. 
Like, yeah. uh, it's not something we're like, we're mad or angry about it at each other for. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, this is what you think. This is what I think. Um, I mean, granted, I feel like I'm still figuring out my position, mm-hmm. um, whereas she's held she's held the same position for years. So I feel like mine is still in that morphing phase. But um, anyways, so I was, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, <laughs> it was, it's fun to have her in my life. I'm so thankful for her. Oh, I know where I was going with that. But we were talking about, um, about just like first things first. And I think that's just a big thing that women's ministries miss. And, and that's the thing is, I love women's ministry. I go to women's Bible studies. I read women's books. I literally do that with the pastor's wives at mm-hmm. my own church. So I'm not against those things, but I am saying we have to get the first things first before we can approach those other topics. Um, and I think that's just where in the church we can sometimes get it misconstrued. Sure. I love what you're saying about, I can't remember your exact words, but it ties okay. into understanding what things actually mean. And something that I've been doing is um, letting the Bible speak for itself and interpret yeah. what things mean for itself. Yep. So even, okay, so if a woman is offended by commands to even be gentle, instead of just assuming um, some frail Victorian woman, say, God, what do you mean by gentle? Yeah. Um, And same thing with submission. What do you mean by submission? You tell me, Lord. And um, so even the first step for me has been recently just even praying about words that I think that I already know what they mean. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So even for me, it goes to even basic words like um, presence or face or Holy Spirit or something that I've been yeah. really looking for this year in particular is a name and looking all over scriptures for where I see the name of God and how does God want us to treat his name or think about his yeah. name or uh, faith is another example. So um, I just love what you're saying about submission and it's tied to also the heart's. Mm-hmm. It's definitely yeah. tied to the heart. So this yielding posture um, towards God, just like the flower towards the sun, like the flowers yeah. lean in yeah. to the sun. And that's um, so start there. If if you have trouble thinking of submission, just start with the flowers yeah. and just think about them and, and look at yeah. them for a while. Yeah. And pray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pray and read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's the thing that... Um, is my bigger takeaway like they're not my words i'm not i'm not using them for my own sake they're the lord's words Mm -hmm. and so i i love what you're saying about meditating on them and really like understanding what the lord is pointing us to because that's that's the good stuff that's those are the things that are going to make great kids have you ever seen a flower megan you love to garden when you wake up you go out to your garden and all the flowers are like pushed away from the sun have yep. you ever seen that oh yeah my sunflowers do it every morning they literally will oh no no i mean pushed away not pushed towards oh so no, no they don't no. do that right yeah no never no, never they always follow the sun they follow yeah. the sun They've and, never. and you can just take it for granted yeah <laughs> so. oh you for sure can but that's the thing though is that the sun is what makes the flowers beautiful it's what makes them open up i have some flowers in my garden that close every single night mm. once the sun goes away and then they open up in the morning oh my goodness Let's see. I think it would be good to at least bring this up and not skip sure. it. The contentment with city life. Yeah. So how is this an, in your weeding category? Yeah. Or why is this? Oh, yeah. So um, it's funny. A couple of years ago, we traveled to Colorado and stayed in this beautiful place. Not the like, not the actual like hotel we were staying in, but mm-hmm. just like being in the mountains and being surrounded just by pure unadulterated under unadulterated beauty just Mm -hmm. like all of god's creation animals huge mountains 
like seeing the different types of flora and fauna as you walk up a mountain, how like when you get to the top, I mean, you can like if you get to a top of a high mountain, there's no trees up there. You can Mm -hmm. see everything around it. And it's just absolutely beautiful. But on the way up, you're you're surrounded by trees and you're like, where where did the trees go? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But and so that trip, I just remember coming home to the city and I was just like, oh, my goodness. I remember being so discontent because I was like, I want to walk up a mountain every morning and meet with God. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what I envision, uh, envision heaven, you know, but just constantly having to remind myself that we're in the city because we're on mission for God. Yeah. And there's nowhere else where there's more unbelievers on that mountaintop. There ain't no, no non-believers. <laughs> there might be a random goat and some bunnies, but they don't have souls. <laughs> so they don't need to hear Christ. And so... Um, I think that's even more reason why I'm so thankful for my parents' farm because it is an escape from from city living. Um, <laughs> we have neighbor. I mean, anybody that lives in the city knows like you're gonna have neighbors. They're gonna smoke all of the things, not just yeah. like cigarettes. They're gonna smoke everything, and you're gonna smell it like in your yard, everywhere, every time you walk in your house. Yeah. Um, and so there's broken glass everywhere. And so I think, I, I think uh, for for a few years I've just struggled with being content. The funny thing is we have a beautiful home, a beautiful garden. God has just blessed us abundantly. So I have nothing to complain about. And it's funny because I love our home. I love mm-hmm. our I love our yard. I love everything about it. Um, I think sometimes I just get uh I get distracted by the ugliness of yeah. the city. And I yearn for the beauty of open hills and countryside mm-hmm. and just horses running through fields and cows. Um, and the smell of hay. I know that sounds so weird, but I love the smell of a barn. Mm-hmm. Like truly love it. We, uh, Sean, oh my gosh, this is such a funny story. So we did a wedding out at um, Adams International School. Um, I was in the wedding. I wasn't sh- I wasn't photographing the wedding, but I was a bridesmaid. And um, the a country song came on that I loved. Oh. And I <laughs> legit took off from the dance floor and went and ran through the big open field <laughs> next to it. And... I'm pretty sure everyone thought I was drunk, but I had only, I think I'd had a glass of wine. I for sure was nowhere near yep. any type of drunkenness. Um, but, and I remember just going to lay in the middle of the field and it just was so freeing for my heart to just lay there and take in God's beauty. Like there was butterflies and bees flying all around me. And uh, people asked Sean, they were like, is she okay? And he was like, no, she just really likes the country. <laughs> But the funny thing is, like, he knew nothing was wrong with me. But his only question when we got in the car, because I went and did it twice. Um, One time I was, like, frolicking around like a (laughs) young child because I had this really pretty long dress on. And I was, like, running through it singing. And um, I laid in the grass again. And it was, like, several hours later we were leaving. And Sean looked at me and he goes, do you not itch all over? And I was, like, no, not at all. I was, like, why would I be itchy? And he was, like, you laid in in the the grass? grass. Yep. Like, uh, did I think, you know the people at the wedding? Oh yeah, no, I was a bridesmaid. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I knew the bride and groom. I yeah. didn't know everybody there. Yeah. Oh, but that's the thing. I'm so a, there. Somebody's telling a story about you. Oh, for girl. sure. Oh, I'm a hundred percent sure that some rumors <laughs> got started that I was drunk. But yeah. I am here to set the story straight. I <laughs> really, if I see an open field, I'm gonna run You're through going. it. Or I'm going to ride a horse through it. Like, it's just, those are the only two options. (laughs) Um, But anyways, all of this back to 
just being content where the Lord has you. Um, but I think that's what God has called us to. I yeah. think he's called us to a life of dying to self and dying to self so that we can literally bring others in, into glory, Absolutely. literally bring people into knowing Christ, knowing him so that they, I mean, so that one day we we can all be in heaven. I was just thinking about that as you were saying, what you were just saying is that as Christians, we do have a different perspective because we do hope for heaven and God promises those deep joys, those yeah. deep things. So yeah. any taste like it may be grass for Megan, but something else <laughs> for you. in the grass, you know. But whatever it is, that yeah. deep, whatever it is. I yeah. don't know. I guess in the Bible it would be shalom. That uh-huh. that um, wholeness yeah. that we're grasping for, like is yeah. promised to us yeah. um, in heaven yeah. for eternity. Yep. So um, yep. that's good news. So good. Grass for you and... <laughs> I don't know what for me. I'll think about that. Oh, Maybe kites. I loved yes, my birthday. Your I birthday. Had you kite had kites. There I took you go. off into a field. You did. See? Oh, my gosh. See? All right. I would love to um, take you into the harvest, Megan. Sure. Yes. I would love to go there. So I would say the things that I'm harvesting in my life right now are just kids who are obedient, fun, kind, hardworking, and just a joy to be around. Uh, this isn't something that just happened overnight. Mm-hmm. This was something that has taken has been years in the making. I think so many times you see ads on Instagram for like, do this one thing and your kids will listen to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no easy fix. There's yeah. no overnight microwave dinner uh, fix for for your disobedient children. It's uh, it's hard work in the beginning, yeah. uh, in the beginning stages. Um, but I'm so thankful to see little glimpses of fruit from my faithful obedience to train yeah. them as they should go in the younger years, which, of course, all of this is still happening now. I'm still training them up as they should go in my current life stage. But I think uh, I remember when our kids were young and my husband, I remember him being like, hey, just because they're tired or just because they're in a bad mood doesn't mean that they can act a certain way. And I remember thinking like, but I'm tired and I want to whine and complain about being tired. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, adults can't do that. You can't go to work and be like, "Eh, I'm tired. I can't do work today, which I know a lot of our culture does today. But um, (laughs) we as Christians can't do that. So why are we letting our children do that when they're young? And I remember just it being like a light bulb moment of like, man, my husband has it right. Like, I need to listen to him. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean keep your kids up till 1 a.m. every night. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, probably don't do that. For sure, get a schedule and maybe break the schedule like nine, like, 5% 5% of the time, mm-hmm. like every now and then stay out late and help them. But that's how you train them when they're young. That's how, gosh, I mean, my daughter, she makes she makes dinners for us on Tuesdays, not because she has to, but because she wants to. Mm-hmm. And it's because she's seen years of me faithfully making dinner and making it fun and being like, we're having tacos tonight or we're having yeah. breakfast for dinner. And she understands that if she's making dinner, she gets to choose what she's making. Yeah. And, and it's such a... A fun thing. I mean, for community group, she's like, Mom, I'm going to make brownies for community group tonight. And I'm like, oh, well, I was going to make the dessert, but oh, you're going to make dessert? That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thanks. Works out for everybody. Um, I know I've seen posts of your daughters cooking and making cakes. And I'm telling you, it has been one of the most fun seasons. And I can just see it getting better and better and better because we're going to start seeing more and more fruit. 
from that hard work we put in in the beginning of the younger the little years um it's funny one of my favorite authors he always talks about how the in the younger years you're you're tightening the reins you're you've got them on like a really tight tight leash but as they get older you're loosening and loosening and then you get to a certain point where you just drop it Mm -hmm. and they're on their own he doesn't say it like that he for (laughs) sure says it way more eloquently and I butchered it for sure but I don't care the point is still the same Mm -hmm. um so watching us start starting to turn things over to Allie and her take them and run with them and then like and then multiplying it you know not just being like oh you showed me how to make cookies I made cookies once it's like She's making cookies for like taking them to my mom, taking them to her cousins for community mm-hmm. group. And who doesn't like cookies? Right. <laughs> like you're no. you're mm-hmm. my best friend if you're making me cookies. Like mm-hmm. we're going to be tight if you're always the person that brings cookies to the party. Um, and so I think uh, it's just such a fun, fun thing to see. So just to encourage all of you young moms out there. Put in the hard work. Listen to your husband if he's telling you you need to change some things up discipline wise. Um, reach out to other ladies that you see their kids are are fun and obedient and just just a joy to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, go ask them like, what did you do? Yeah. How did how did you get there? Because um, I think that's that's the thing is like. I know when I entered parenthood, I had a lot of pride and a lot of like this armor of like, I know how to do it. I'm ready for the battle. Mm-hmm. I don't need anybody else to give me anything, but invite others in. And and it doesn't have to be this like long drawn out, like years of mentorship. I think right. sometimes that's what younger people yearn for. And a lot of us of older kids, we don't have that time. Mm-hmm. We don't have that time to meet with you every Tuesday night, you know? And so just getting those little those little glimpses of like, like most of the time when I'm hanging out with ladies, it's like, hey, we're going to go for a walk. Like I need to get my walk in for the day. This is like yeah. my hour I got with you. Or hey, come on over. I just finished school. I got an hour. I'm going to fold some laundry, but we can chat. And so there's ladies that would love to like show you how to parent mm-hmm. um, because I'm telling you doing it in those little years are going to pay dividends like big dividends did you ever doubt that (laughs) (laughs) no because it's in the bible like it said that's the one that is the one uh i guess law or command that comes with a promise yes i love to say that it is the only one i tell my kids that yeah (laughs) it's the only one that comes with a promise Mm -hmm. and so also oh my gosh one of my favorite pastors he's up north he is a wonderful man. And like I told you earlier, anytime I'm around an older person that has um, just, they have their whole life as a testimony to to the way they have lived and to the way that they have done it well. This older gentleman, he looked at me one time and he goes, you know, only things you get to take to heaven are your kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's deep. Mm-hmm. That's so deep. Like you best believe I'm doing everything in my power for them to be there. So well, Megan, how would you like to close out the night tonight? So I was supposed to write something. <laughs> <laughs> so this is totally on me. I definitely did not write anything. Um, but I figured I could just pray again. I am going to pray for all you listeners out there that I hope you are uh, blessed by this podcast that Laura has has put on for us. Um, I know it's been a blessing for the ones I've gotten to listen to. So I am going to pray over Laura and pray over you listeners. So here we go. 
Lord, thank you so much for Laura and her desire to serve you and love you and to serve the women of our church and the women outside of our church, Lord, who may not know you, Lord. So I just thank you for her heart in this podcast. Um, I pray you give her endurance. Uh, I know that she's making a lot of sacrifices to make this podcast happen. And so I pray you give her the endurance to make it through. I think she told me earlier she's got 31 ladies total for this season, which is so insane. But what a gift. What a gift to have things recorded that years and years to come we can go back and listen to and see where we were and um, just be even more thankful for where where we go. Um, so I just thank you for her and um, this glorious gift that she is giving her community. Um, I pray for that community, Lord. I pray for the listeners that are listening in, God, who um, who may not know you, Lord. I pray for them. I pray that they uh, come to know you and the hope and the joy and the promises that you offer, Lord. Um, you're you're the only thing on this world in this world that uh, offers that kind of hope, that kind of promise. Um, for all things being made new, Lord. And so I pray for those ladies. I pray that this is just a tiny seed planted and that somebody else comes along and waters it and uh, weeds it and harvests it, Lord. Um, oh, I just pray that so deeply. I pray for the ladies that do know you, Lord. I pray that this podcast um, does the same thing for them. The seed's been planted. It's sprouted. Um, it probably needs some weeding, Lord. So I pray that this podcast helps them see the things that need to be weeded, Lord, um, and that they lean in on others to help help weed it out, um, whether it be their husbands or the community you've put around them, Lord. And I pray that they start to see the harvest. I pray this podcast, I mean, this podcast for me has been an example of the harvest, Lord, and all of the things that you've done. So I pray that's the same for other women. I pray that they see that the harvest is bountiful, Lord, and beautiful and wonderful and just out of this world. Um, it's like it's like C.S. Lewis's world, uh, Narnia. It's just out of this world. We are uh, a light in a very, very dark world, Lord. And I am just so thankful to be reminded of it every time I listen to this podcast, Lord. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in a local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted.